I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take you it. Gotta take you it. gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. Gotta break it, chains. Uh, you gotta break them chains. You gotta break them chains. Uh, you gotta break them chains. You gotta break them chains. You gotta break them. Gotta break them. Gotta break them chains. You gotta break them. So ultimate bachelor uh podcast here with one of my really good friends joey brown i'm gonna let him introduce himself uh and we'll talk about what we're gonna do on here as well because it's a little it's a little different than the other conversations i've had but you know introduce yourself a little bit of background um your your insta handle all that so people can find you that uh again my name is Joey Brown. Uh, Alex and I have gone go even back before the, the basketball days. We, we also work together with our medical device company. Um, you can find me, Joey Brown, number two on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So in thinking about a lot of stuff I've done podcasts on, um, a lot of it's been informative stuff. I don't have to go through the list, but, you know, mental health, sex, relationships, all the general stuff. Well, one of the things I haven't talked about, but I love so much is sports. And, you know, obviously you can go on ESPN all day and watch sports talk. Um, And I think there is one show like Outside the Lines or those E60 where they really cover other topics surrounding sports. But um, my thought with Joey, because these are the type of conversations we have anyways, most of the time is, you know, those topics surrounding sports and uh, the controversial ones, the ones that you don't talk about or the polarizing ones, um, I think are, are great to cover. So, right. Thoughts. We, we were, you guys remember the, the, the Jamel Hill of ESPN. Yeah. Where, where's she at now? Exactly. That's what happens when you speak your mind, it, especially as someone so, I wouldn't say controversial, but, if you have an opinion that doesn't align with some of those networks, you get put on the short list real quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm trying to think of what I think about that, right? Because they, they obviously aren't doing that because people don't want to watch that because people definitely do want to see controversy. They want to hear different, different approaches. That's all about the bottom line. I think it's like, hey, what are the people that watch us or watch this network and uh, what makes them unhappy? And that probably makes them unhappy. And so it's a business decision, I think. That's fair. I remember, um, I mean, I love ESPN. I'll watch that, you know, every morning before I get, you know, go out. And Michelle Beadle was on initially Get Up. And she made the statement that, you know, thank you for – Kevin Durant going to the Warriors because now I don't have to watch basketball. You can't just say that. So now we have to remove you from the show. So they make decisions like that off of stuff that, you know, they're reacting to what, you know, what's going on out there too. So. Right. And then once again, the, those specialty shows get to be a lot more focused on those types of issues and get to say hotter takes, if you will. 
Um, but, but I think to your point, if you're not on one of those shows, like, you know, stay in line. Yeah. So our initial discussion about this, when we decided we were going to talk about sports, uh, what's the best way to label it? I don't, I don't know what to call it. I think labeling it is the hard part because there's so much when we talk about sports and getting into, I guess the right way to look at it. It's how do you define it? It's hard. Yeah. It's like sports off the court or off the field. <laughs> yeah, outside the lines, but that's already. I know. I know that's taken. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so when you're trying to discuss that aspect of sports, I mean, the first thing to, to make clear is, Hey, I think people forget these, you know, everyone that plays a sport's a human being, right? Oh yeah. Like you think, I think people get caught up in thinking, you know, because it's a public figure, they have to do this or because they, you know, look cool playing their sport that they're, you know, all of a sudden a cool person or, or above, you know, because they make millions, they're above committing crimes or, or any of that stuff. Yeah. Remember that uh, Russell Westbrook thing that just happened recently? He was out in Denver and, you know, the fans are saying profane things at him. Yeah. And, and finally it just went over the line and all of a sudden, like you guys forget he's a person too. Yeah. He's very emotional, but there is a line. Yeah, I'm torn on that. And we're, we're going to get into these Ooh. topics, but I, I agree. You can't sit there. You don't want, to sit there and let people talk like that to you. However, you're, you're at work. You're still at work. You know what I mean? And these people are still paying you to be out there. They're not paying you to sit out there and take verbal abuse, but your job is to play basketball publicly. Yeah. And so you have a, the, I just feel like you have a different responsibility that That's fair. you can't get involved in that. That's fair. Yeah, there, there's, you're definitely held to a, a much higher standard, and you should not react. I think what made that uh, scenario a little different was if you look at that guy's Twitter feed, he had been going at, at Westbrook for, for months and calling him really the same thing he called him in person. Right. So, well, I, I feel that, but how many people do that? So is he going to, that's right. You're right. That's fair. Good. And how many people, you know, in their heads when they, if it's a racial thing, when they see you walk in the door and you're, you're mixed. So, you know, you have, if they're, t- if they have a problem with you being black, <laughs> they, you know, they don't know your mix, whatever the, the thoughts in their head. Like, I mean, are you going to do something or react a certain way because someone else thinks that I don't get me wrong. I understand where there's a line and I always talk about animalistic behavior. So there's a line where animalistic behavior takes over. Yep. Unfortunately, depending on your job, in this case, you are allowed to, or need to refrain from a certain amount of analyst animalistic behavior because of the job you have. Right. If you want to go cut down trees in, in an empty forest, you can do things that you can't do when you're <laughs> playing basketball publicly on televised TV. Yeah. So yes. I, I agree. I think that's the outlier, right? You always have one of those that's just way off out by itself. But yeah, you are held to a higher standard, especially if you're 
NBA player with that much visibility, if you're an athlete that's constantly in front of the news, comes with the territory. Sorry. Right. right. Um, so we made this list of things of, of things that we could talk about, right? So um, that wasn't even one of them. But we talked about, like, we talked about, oh, paying for players in college and or should they be paid by the NCAA, the mm-hmm. one-and-done rule. When it came to that, we talked – what do we, oh, the concussion protocol and, and epidemic in the NFL. We talked about steroids, uh, mm-hmm. baseball, uh, mental health has become an issue in the NBA, but I'm, I'm sure it's in every – Out of nowhere, yeah. Um, what, oh, hockey, like it's a big sport. It's just not really talked about. Um, what else? Oh, X, X Games and, and the – would you say the, the thought process behind it and the I, I imagine it's gra- it's getting momentum MMA we you know that's a big part of that is growing yeah and the the fact that uh, boxing is fading um, right before our eyes yeah yeah so I mean we can start on any one of these I know you don't have a ton of time today it looks like you got about thirty five minutes left. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your insight on, on paying player college athletes in yeah, general. I brought up that one. We had a little conversation on it. Um, I know we always, and I'll say this, we always start with basketball and football, right? Because those are the, the hot ticket items. You right. Know, I wish they would have paid me, but um, you think all sports across all college campuses. So – the problem with paying players to me, and I'm going to get sexist here for a little bit, and, yeah. but it's just, you know, the way the argument goes, right? Yep. The problem with paying players is how do you make it fair? So, hold on. I guess first and foremost, are you talking about illegal payments or the NCAA paying players? I would – let's start with the NCAA officially paying players. You can't. Because how do you determine – because pay – First off, they are getting paid. Right. I, I think people, that argument that they are getting a college scholarship and, and they get a stipend, they get all this stuff. Yeah, the stipends are more than what people think. That's more than you think. And you can't discount it. Tell someone with $100,000 in school loans that, that that scholarship means nothing. Right. No, it might mean nothing to one of those players because he'd rather be playing pro anyways or he doesn't give a crap about school. But you can't act like it's nothing. I mean, it's how it's free housing, it's food, free food, it's a stipend on top of that. Um they're, you know, if they're traveling around for games, they get another stipend when when they're traveling. The problem becomes then is the argument that it's not enough for someone who's, you know, struggling before right yeah and then on top of it comes that they can't have a job if they're playing division one and maybe division two as well I, I don't know the rule there but then they can't have a job so the argument then becomes is you're not paying them enough and you're not allowing them to go do something where they could be making enough potentially mm-hmm. my argument there is if you need to do something to um support your family go do that why don't go play basketball yeah (laughs) go get you a job does that make sense or no is that fair it does um the only where i get hung up on it is the 
the selling the jerseys and putting you on NCAA 2019 or whatever, you're clearly making money off of my performance, my, my name. Okay, but, but, but we do sales, right? How much money does a company make off of us and how much do they pay us? But they, we get a piece of the pie. So do they. If you're talking about a scholarship is, is pay. It, what, the prob, so here's what I call, this is the way I look at it. If you're going to compare it to a sales job, right? Mm-hmm. They're basically mad that, and, and I, let me make it also clear. I wish there was a viable way to pay players. I'm not right. against paying players. I'm saying it's impossible to do. Yeah. Right. So, and we and I haven't even got into how it's impossible, but I'm going to make this analogy first. Basically, they, if you relate it to sales, let's just put numbers to it, right? They, your best player brings in a million dollars, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to make them really relatable. The best player brings in a million dollars, right? As a sales rep, we bring in a million dollars, right? Fair. All fair. I'm with you. So if you call his scholarship his payment, then let's just say at a, a $40,000 school. So for bringing in a million dollars, no, $40,000 plus a stipend, let's say maybe the, the total compensation is maybe $60,000. So for a million dollars that he brought in, he's getting paid $60,000, right? A million dollars that we bring in, we may be getting paid $150,000, right? Fair. I'm trying to say it the best way. Basically, they're just unhappy with their compensation package. Yeah. So because they, yeah. So as a sales rep, if I wasn't happy with the compensation package, I I can either perform under that compensation package and exceed it, and or go get another job. Like no one said, no one's making them sit there and play basketball. Like you might say, hey, they got to do that to go to the next level, but it's opportunity cost. Yeah, I, and I think that's what it is, is they want to play at a higher level. And, again, we're, it's hard because we're talking about those athletes, right, that know they're going to get paid at the next level. You have you know, the bottom two-thirds of, the, of those guys that will not play at the next level who, I mean, quite frankly, won't be worth as much money at either level as these guys that we're referring to. But right. it's tough because your number one running back at Alabama is going to say, I should be making all of this money, but I have to play for three years here. I'm getting held down by the system. But, but, but right. It's the same thing as a, if you have a job and you think you should be making more, they're no different than anyone else in America that thinks that should be, they should be making more money. So my argument would be if you go out and think that these guys should be paid, well then why don't you fight for me to have a higher compensation plan in my sales? That's fair. I I see both ways. Absolutely see both ways. I just I feel like as if I'm before, so I'm actually really proud of myself. <laughs> uh, I just if you're selling my jersey and you know it's going through the roof, I feel like I should be res- getting a cut of that. Well, explain per the argument I just gave you. Explain to me why they should get that. Because why, to, to the point, what, how do you think they should be getting paid for their jersey, but you shouldn't be getting paid for more of your sales? So if I'm getting 
so we said what a million dollars to the company yeah is our is our baseline i'm driving the ticket sales you know i'm putting butts in the seat you're getting i'm putting you on espn and abc for all those games that's sure. all driving towards that uh, that one million dollar threshold right the extra stuff on the side is going to be my when i have no, to do no 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 do it apples to apples. The total value of of the player to the school is a million dollars. You can call it ten million dollars. I don't I don't care what the number is, but I'm saying the total value for jerseys for for putting butts in the seat. The value of this kid to the school is one million dollars. The value of you to your sales organization is one million dollars, right? And let's make it even more apples to apples. For the million that he brings in we put the number at $60,000 that he's getting paid for the million that you bring in, you're getting $60,000 in commissions, right? So it's apples to apples, right? The, the value he bringing is the exact same, right? Yeah. Why should they be getting paid? That's the agreement they made when they came in. It's the agreement they, they made when they came in. I, I don't know if it's fair because I don't know if all things are equal like that. What do you mean? Do you think adding or having five-star recruited Alabama is his scholarship and what he's worth to the sales team is worth as much as that number 53 on the roster? No, it's not. So exactly. So it just like the running back at Alabama is generating more revenue than the running back at Toledo, right? Fair. So, once again, it's the compensation, it's the value you are to the school. The value doesn't matter because you come in saying, hey, I'm going to sign a scholarship and I'm going to play football for the scholarship, right? Don't get in there after you sign this letter saying, this is what I'm signing up for, saying, I, now, now that I realize exactly how much I mean to the company, I should be getting paid. Yeah, no, that's. If you have a problem, don't sign the scholarship and go don't get it. Sign it. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on because you can't just sign up for it and then start you know bitching and complaining. I should be more of this. That's fair. Here's the thing: is I feel like people who support athletes getting paid by the NCAA are the same people that would bitch about their coworker doing the exact same thing. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. I think it's hard for those athletes though to not sign up right to, to to join to join that alabama or toledo well, team well, it's hard so so that's then, uh, listen like i said i've never had had this conversation like this to where i've been able to make it so relatable to what to the way i think about it right so the argument would be they don't have a choice if they want to play football at this level they got to sign up they got to sign the scholarship sign. right yeah let's relate that to someone someone else right a, a walmart worker would he would he rather be working at Walmart or would he rather be working at IBM making three hundred thousand dollars? Right, yeah, right. <laughs> he would, right? But but one, he can't get an IBM job, just like the athlete can't go straight to the NFL, and and uh, they need money. So, so he gets to go work at Walmart. Yeah, that's it's just it's that's the system, and I think we all so, can agree it's broken. I, I don't think it's broken. That's I, I, I usually would argue that I think it is, but the way I'm explaining it now, I don't think it's broken because it, the only reason they have a problem is because other people are getting to stop them. 
Sorry. Uh, well, what about the guys that okay, you okay, so hold, one more second. Give me one second. What about at Toledo? And I don't know how much they make. What if Toledo doesn't make any money off their football program? Or when when USF was it USF or Central Florida or whatever school that was closed their football program? Oh, UAB. UAB, sorry. Yeah, when yeah. UAB closed their football program because they weren't making any money. So do, so do those kids owe money to the school back then? Because that's where the that's why they closed it because they are paying for the football team to fly all over the place and their stipends and all this stuff. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I I didn't think about that one because that school in particular, UAB, is so small, but they put so much into their football team, into their basketball team. Everybody else was bleeding them dry too. They just well, they, they had all that back somehow. So the question to me is. Because you, it's easy to talk about Alabama and how much money they make because they're national champions and they, they, you know, make a ton of money. How many programs actually make that much money to where that's the argument, right? As a running back at Toledo, and like I said, let's assume that the, that the football team doesn't make that much revenue, right? So then what's his argument as to why he should be paid? Or should we only pay the Alabama running back and not the Toledo running back? That's where I think it, too, on your side, it's a real slippery slope because, like you said, yes, Alabama may be the cream of the crop, but you start getting down to the max schools and the lower division ones, like there's, that's not equal. So for, only, one, for one person to make that argument and say those two are, should be paid equally, if you can make that argument, that's tough. And then – and then you talk about we're only talking about football which nine times out of ten is creating revenue but what about all the other sports that aren't because that, and that's where i said it gets in i get a little sexist with it because i'm like for the same reason we're talking about the toledo running back shouldn't be paid you know the, is girls volleyball generating revenue i'm not saying they don't i'm, I'm asking a question is are they generating revenue do we do we have to pay them or do we only pay the running back Right. It's, it's, say, it's easy to say that they don't create the same revenues football does, right? If football's putting 200 or 2,000 people in the seats for, you know, water polo or swimming, they're only putting a couple hundred in, right? Right. So then I think this all comes down to, and the argument is, and once again, I fully support the other side as well. If there was a way to do it, I would be all in favor of, of them paying them. But then it becomes a competitive advantage. So then, as if Alabama isn't already at the top, they can't <laughs> the top because then they can pay players. Other schools can't. So every every good player is going to go to the school that can pay them the most, obviously, I would imagine. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, it's, it's a real slippery slope. I mean, two, baseball versus softball. Yeah. That's the same field, basically. Yeah. I, I bet people are going to pay baseball players more than they would softball. It's unfortunate, but. Yep. I, 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 that's why I fully support the NCAA, NCAA not paying them. I think, and this may be the total wrong way to look at it, but I think it's balanced out when you allow, not allow, but look the other way on illegal payments, right? I think it works itself out. And that's why I think the NCAA doesn't persecute people paying players like you know like a lot of people think they should 
because it's it, more or less it's justifying the system you're talking about. The the best player is going to end up making some money and plays and you know everyone goes on about their day. Powerhouse has stay the powerhouse and you know everyone else who can't pay him as much doesn't get a five-star recruit. <laughs> I do like uh, watching these uh, commits recruit and they start narrowing down their searches. Yeah. They'll say, you know, prospect one has Duke, Kansas, UCLA at the top of his list. And we're like, guys, just bump it up by 10 grand. And you'll, you'll get them. hundred yeah. well, percent. Or it's even better when it's like Duke, Kansas, UCLA, and Akron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get on the list? Yeah. How, is that a mistake? a typo. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. They <laughs> sent them zeros. The typo was <laughs> a whole lot of zeros. Yeah, that's funny. But, yeah. Another, so, another, what, I was going to say, what are your thoughts on that then? guys getting paid under the table on the whole because i i honestly feel like the only reason that uh ncaa basketball scandal came about is because the fbi is involved and oh for sure because ncaa like wants nothing to do with cracking down on that i feel like right i mean i i'm fine with it. it's worked this far right you know calipari was obviously first to it and then once we realize you can somewhat get away with it. I think playing field started tipping back towards, you know, who can bid the most of these guys. Right. Um, I don't really mind. And especially to hear how some of the payments, I guess, go out or, you know, through shoe deals or whatever it's coming through. I don't really mind, honestly. Yeah. Because as you know, on the AAU circuit, and we're, we're talking specifically about college basketball, I'm sure there's plenty of athletes in different sports that get paid as well, football players, soccer players, baseball players, all that stuff. So when you talk about the college basketball thing, what we know about the AAU circuit is, you know, um, a shoe company will sponsor a team which more or less is paying because you're they're more or less sponsoring a team because they have good team good players on the team that they want to go to a certain school. They'll sponsor a team and that's where all those payments get get mixed in is because they sponsored, you know, Joe yep. Smith's team and now they want Joe Smith to go to a college that uses their products. Yeah, so I'll ask you. I mean, you played AAU ball. Have you stayed with you know that same shoe company since you've been playing? Um, or have you switched back and forth? Or I've switched back and forth, but I wasn't getting paid by the shoe company. That's a good point. I wasn't either, but I've yeah. been good. No, go say. Say I've been Adidas since you know, sixth grade, and I've now I'm thirty. I haven't played real ball in eight years, and I've only bought Adidas since. So it's now with that said, the exposure to the brand early on sticks with you. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I wear Nike stuff and I probably think in my mind first and foremost, cause my AAU team was sponsored by Nike. Yeah. I probably think first and foremost, Hey, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna throw some Nike. If I'm going to look, I'm going to look and be favorable preferable towards Nikes. So to your point, yeah, but I have tried other brands and I I've, played in other brands but more often than not it's nike for sure yeah 
I, I think it's a genius on the sneaker park company, right? Getting in at the grassroots level. Yeah. It's genius. Um, well, I think what they're trying to do is get in with that diamond in the rough kid that's going to be, you know, you're, they're guessing, 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 throwing everything at the wall and see what sticks, right? So if this player is on their team, goes to the college of theirs, and then and then you, and they've paid him under the table the whole way through, mm-hmm. you know, that player somewhat owes them when he comes out and he's a superstar to, to sign with them. Yeah. And it's, it's weird to hear how some of these school kids are choosing the, the schools just simply based on, you know, that wherever their shoe company is well, going. Well, they're not. They're not. They're not choosing it based on the shoe company. The shoe company, as this, this whole scandal is showing you, the shoe company was, was sending money to the kid or his family or his handler saying, hey, you can have this money if you select one of our schools. Right, right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a guy like, you know, Miles Turner, whatever, somebody like that, and they end up at all these Kansas or Texas. Like, what, he would go to neither, none of those schools, or Bowl Bowl, ending up at Oregon. Why? He has no business going to Oregon. Sure. No, I agree. So uh, it's funny. A lot of people don't know this. Almost every school on their list will be from one shoe company, sponsored yep. by one shoe company. Yep. And it's not a it's not a coincidence at all. Yep. You don't see Georgia Tech and uh, Russell Athletic on anybody's list, do you? Nope. Is that who they're sponsored by? <laughs> they were at one point. Oh, Chris Bosch. Right. <laughs> who else went there? That was. Uh, they had a. I keep everybody out of that area. I keep thinking is Wake Forest, but Chris. I Bosch. was going to say the same thing. I was like Chris Paul because yeah. the jerseys are similar, but yeah, right. It's Wake Forest. So, and I'm, are you uh, following up on any of this, like uh, the Puma stuff, how that's blown up? Blowing up? Like in I a would, good way? I, I would think so. You know, well, I mean, they just tried to get in the game. They're starting to sign, sign some people. Well, they're just spending money, right? So, I mean, you, that's what Adidas had to do back in the day when they weren't really on the basketball circuit. They started signing people, sponsoring teams, doing all that. Under Armour started doing that a lot on the AAU circuit as well. Um, but yeah, Puma signed. Well, they in this past year they signed like three or four people, right? Marvin Bagley. Who mm-hmm. else? There was another one that was really big. Oh, Kelly, uh, Kelly Aiden. Aiden. Eight, DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, and then there was one more. Uh, Skylar Diggins. What about her? Low key, a great signing for that because first person to get on the WNBA side, right? So it's funny because I was in Dallas this past weekend and the Dallas Wings team was on my flight and coach was me connecting in Detroit to go to Atlanta. I'm like, you guys aren't even getting a direct flight. Wow. (laughs) Guess who wasn't on the flight though? Mm, This guy. I guarantee she flew first class direct. Well, Scott, if you're listening, DM me, um, Joey Brown. <laughs> Joey Brown. <laughs> Christy, stop listening. Here yeah, please. Yeah, good. Um, no, I just – I thought that was a, a good signing for them. Just – Strategic. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, she is a hooper. Oh, no, for sure. To get someone of that level and with that much exposure to the, the culture, I, 
I think just all around a hell of a signing. Yeah, for sure. All right, we probably got time for about one more topic because I'm trying to be cognizant of your time, and we'll definitely hop on again. Yeah, I'd love to. So what? You can pick the last one. Uh, see, what else do we have? We had concussions, which we could talk about. I think uh, that's a long one. That that's a that's a big one. The mental health popping up in, in yeah, sport. we could talk about that. I think that's that's interesting because I don't know if we've looked at mental illness as some kind of I wouldn't call it a just like one of those throwaway kind of diseases or it was something that you should just brush off but things like anxiety it's a it's a real thing and it's you know a lot more important than what we initially thought I think this is one of the best examples of people forgetting that they're regular people right? It's like you make millions of dollars. What do you have to be depressed about? Uh, people take care of everything for you. Why do you have anxiety? Um, mm. All those things. I think one of the things people forget is how hard it is to be a professional athlete. Um, I think you, I'm trying to think of what you could relate it to in just a normal person's every day. I mean, I can, it's easy to replace it to, to relate it to someone who does sales because it's like, Hey, you got to be, the number one rep in your company every year, every second to, to stay relevant. Right. And then comes the pressure of once you are, you got to stay there and then your body starts failing and you're tired and you have mental illnesses and you're dealing, you have a family and you have all these other responsibilities yet you've got to stay at the top of your game. And, um, it's, it's just interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, what happens if you start your sales numbers start slipping and you're trying to claw your way back up and you can't, you can't. You're stressed. Yeah, and for the longest time we just thought that ah, oh, you're just not hitting your number, whatever. You'll get, you'll turn it around. But if you suffer from an anxiety or a depression or stuff like that, right, that's a lot weighing you weighing on your shoulders and and beating you up on the inside. And then, you know, as a salesperson, this is the same thing we talked about with Russell Westbrook. They're also in the public, right? So if you have feelings at all, which, you know, Kevin Durant <laughs> crushed for, for caring, right? But, um, and I, Russell Westbrook, I crush him all the time myself. So that's admittedly, I think he's a crybaby. I think <laughs> immature. I think the thing you brought up, even though it's wrong what the fan did, is just a sign of immaturity. Like, if you don't know people are saying that stuff about you, like, where did you come from? Because yeah. that happens everywhere yeah. in, in every job. Like, imagine having a coworker that is racist or, you know, says the wrong thing. It, it, there's no difference. But anyways, yeah. I think – where exactly was I going? I said, <laughs> you know – if sales numbers, um, yeah, no, no, I know where it was. Then on top of that, you have people criticizing you all the time. You have us criticizing them. You have the media criticizing them. It's public. You read that, uh, you may be dealing with something and then they start making fun of you for it. Memes are coming out, all this stuff. So, um, I think, I think if you really got down to it and all athletes, not just NBA players. And I actually commend NBA players for, for being at the forefront of this, right? But if you ask a lot of athletes, they, there's probably a ton of mental health issues in sports. Oh, I bet. What, the first two came out? And I guarantee there's more than two. 
Well, the problem was with the issue is that I think it started with people that that guys or that everyone just thought was crazy already. Because you had like Meta World Peace, who would talk about it all the time. You had uh, Brandon Marshall. Oh yeah, receiver. He yeah. talked about it. Um, there was another NBA player because the latest wave is like what Kevin Love and DeRozan. Oh, DeRozan and. Um, that, but there were some guys that people just didn't like that much, their personality that much that would point this out and everyone would act like they're, they're crazy a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I love hearing the research and stuff on it, but you know, one of my people closest to me suffers from anxiety big time. And I, I'd admit, I, I brushed that off as like, you got to get your, you know, shit together, but seeing how it affects somebody it's it's mind-blowing well i think it's both because once again it's like if you're in a situation you can't handle then get out of the situation the problem is obviously an nba player doesn't want to get out of the situation because he's making so much money yeah i'm gonna stay in that situation uncomfortably for 36 minutes a year yeah so there's there's that (laughs) i think the problem i should say the problem i think one of the solutions should be is people gaining some understanding for the issue so people can be honest about it and get help the right way. Because I think a lot of those guys are probably just scared to go talk to someone because, you know, if the public finds out so-and-so is talking to whoever about mental health, you know, then every move they make is going to be scrutinized. Be like, see, that dude's depressed. See, that dude's depressed. Yep. Well, that you're, you're spot on. Completely agree. Yeah. I know. So as research comes out, I'd love to read about it and hear, hear more about it because I think it's changing right before our eyes. Um, and just to see people like Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan just come up about it, it's, I'd love to read about it. Well, to me, it's like, what, why, do you, why do you need research? Not to discount what you just said, but my thing is, why do you need research, right? If just you- to, well, I know it's a real thing. I would love to hear how it actually starts affecting the body. I love reading that kind of clinical oh, stuff. Okay, right, right. How it actually affects the body, what it does up up here. Um, I, obviously, it's a, it's a real thing, and I know it obviously affects. It's a snowball effect. Once things like anxiety and depression start, it's a it's going downhill quick. Yeah, I, I was taking that more as like research on specific players and stuff because my thought was. Like, why would you be surprised that an athlete has mental health issues? Like, you're not surprised when you're alcoholic. Right. <laughs> uh, you find out he's depressed. Well, it's just because they make millions of dollars. You think they're automatically cool and don't have the same problems. Yeah, they're Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Well, cool. Well, anyways, uh, to respect your time, we're probably going to wrap this up here. Um, I appreciate it. If, if Thanks for having me on. If we don't do this again, we're no longer friends. <laughs> we'll keep the series going. Yeah, well, I feel like it was a great conversation. I think there's several other topics we can go to as well as, you know, dive deeper. in. Even, you know, if you want to – we didn't even really discuss the paying of players and, and how that affects the – you know. We just touched the surface on it. We really did. So, all right, man. I appreciate you letting me on. I, I Thank you. All right, for sure. Let's talk soon. Sounds good. Peace. See you.